Damn it, Nick. I love being on here with you guys, Nick and Joe. I really appreciate it. TLDR, you guys are awesome. Make sure not to tease you too bad, Nicholas. And welcome back, baby, boys and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all ages. The Dork Shared Gooniverse and Geeks Worldwide Radio proudly present to you the greatest podcast team in the world. He's the Fry Guy, Nick Fryer. I'm the Backcracker, Dr. Joe. Together, we are the TLDR Comic Book Club. Baby! How's it going, Nicholas? I like that, man. I love it. it that it's just you, you mix it up every time. It is the best intro in the DSG period, Barna. Maybe in all of podcasting period. And I'll tell you what, right now, you guys want to make sure if you're not already, if you're catching us somewhere on Twitter, on Doc's Twitch stream at Backcracker, make sure you go find our audio channels right now because you're gonna find out why we're really one of the best podcasting teams out there, especially when it comes to comic book coverage, because Joe, we have a Friar side chat coming. And as we know, you only can get those on our audio channels. That's Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Geeks Worldwide Radio, SoundCloud, all those places. That's the only place you're going to find it. Not on our streams that we do weekly. And Joe, who the fuck did we talk to this week? We got Ryan Venom, Venom Boy Stegman, baby. I was, oh, Jesus Christ, Ryan Stegman. Holy yes. smokes, man. He is, he is one of the best artists going and, you know, him and Kate's are, are, are one of the biggest teams, if not mm. the biggest team going. And we saw them at Boston fan expo and, you know, we gave them our information. Uh, I was not very confident uh, <laughs> that we would land either of them. Uh, but Stegman, when we talked to him, I uh, did ask us about because we were wearing our shirts, asked us about, you know, or you were wearing your shirt, asked us, you know, what the premise of the show was and all that. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was an interest there. And then, you know, I wasn't expecting to hear back from them, but we heard back from Image and Image hooked us up. And baby, uh, I can't wait for this this audio to drop. Yeah, 100 percent. And I think the big thing that brought Stegman and I think Kate will get him at some point down the line, too, as we talk to him about how anti Chip Zdarsky we are. (laughs) Those two guys are as anti. I mean, they almost ruined our Stegman uh, interview because we told him that that Chip's in our intro and our outro now. So that was that was a hot button topic. But that um, was a great back and forth. (laughs) Yeah. But but seriously, that was uh, we tried to replicate it on the interview. I won't say it was as good because those two together really feed off each other. And we see that in Vanish as well. And we didn't really talk a whole lot of Venom or Null with Ryan. But I think down the line that could end up happening, too, because there's other stuff that he has in the works. and You guys will find out a little bit. I tried. Yes. Yes. But, you know. Even but think, he doesn't get info from the MCU. So. Yes, I think we've learned that from Chip a little bit too, because I think it's probably Chip's fault. In all honesty, because you one showrunner hears, "Oh yeah, I'm turning Daredevil into a uh, rom com," and then yeah. he's like, uh, "What?" <laughs> uh, Plus, I think wonder- I think uh, Zdarsky has a uh, uh, you know a, 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 the ability of spoiling things a lot. Yes, you know uh, <laughs> tendency. But, I should say. but he, but we talked to him about Vanish, and this is now. I am not. I am not subscribed to their Substack. I have thought about theirs and, and, our, and another one as well because for these guys, though, for Cates and Stegman, the big reason was once I saw the main character for Vanish, I was like, holy shit, this is going to be fucking 
awesome because Donnie is such an outstanding writer. And obviously we've seen it with Crossover, we've seen it with Venom, and so much other stuff too. I've talked about God Country on here. You've talked about Redneck. I feel like there's another uh, Donnie book that you've talked about. I, mean, I, I talked about Venom. And I talked oh, Venom. About- yeah, okay. Right, exactly. Venom, Carnage, all this stuff. Um, but then, and obviously, like you said, Stegman, one of the best artists in the game right now. And this, the first issue of this book did not disappoint. Oh. And, uh, you know, it, it comes up in the course of our solicit. We probably won't need to spend a whole lot of time on it at that point. But this is, I think you said in the interview, like reading that first issue, it's like, this is going to be one of the best books of the year, period. No I question. already, I've already, I've already put it into consideration for when we do our, um, our annual at the end of the year. Yeah. And it was funny because we were, uh, we were I, I can't remember if it was during the interview or if it was before we went live, but he was talking about he had just gotten an email or off a call mm-hmm. talking about the early FOC mm-hmm. numbers. And yep. he was sort of blown away. And then t- a couple of days later, uh, Image uh, tweets out that Vanish um, has, you know, gone. Oh, they've joined the 100,000 club. Mm hmm. 100k right? club that's a big fucking deal but also that's i'm not a surprised big deal no I, no but holy shit before yep. the, and now i'll tell you this book is worth it it's uh it's too late to put like to make sure that your store will order it for you but what you can do is go to your store and say hey can you throw it on my pull list so if they have any extra copies they'll take one they'll put one aside for you yep right yeah and, and then and you can I, then and then going forward you'll keep getting them with with how successful this was, and there's gonna look, there's gonna be a second edition too. Like so, oh, as much Jesus, as you don't yeah. want to have to have to wait for the second edition of it, you want to read this thing as soon as it comes out. Um, I, I don't think there's gonna be any shortage of copies because this. No, thing, I don't either. But this just, team just is amazing. You know. This team yeah. is amazing. On but yes, yes. Thank you for you. You got to inform people because not everybody knows. That's why I've been trying to inform people as much as we can with FLCs and everything like that. They seem like we're being shills for the people that we have on the show, but it's like, no, we, we care about you guys most. We want to make sure you don't miss out on some of these awesome books. Um, and, and Sean's talked about it when we had Sean Lewis on, you know, last time, you know, just how important the FOCs are because mm-hmm. those are what's going to help keep a book alive, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with these indie books, even though it says image on there, you know, the creators still have to, you know, go out there and, and hustle and, and bust their ass. And yep. I mean, we've how many times have we seen it where there's been a book that we really love, but it just it either doesn't get picked up for a second arc or it gets canceled halfway through or, or whatever. So like these FOCs, you know, they're not for the comic shop, right? Like the numbers are important because that tells the publisher, OK, this 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 book is popular. People are reading it. Let's keep it going. Yep, hundred percent. It's it means you're doing the, the creators are doing something right, and it has a chance to keep going forward. And when you're talking about Image versus some of the other indie publishers too, there's a lot more at stake for their creators too, uh, just because of the way the money the, that they have to put it and the sacrifice they have to make for it too. But that's where we do what we do with the interviews because look, we like getting the early review copies. We like interviewing the creators and hearing all this stuff, but. We want to let you guys know about it too, because like, hey, there's some awesome stuff out there. We don't want you to miss out on. It. We don't ever everybody miss out on it. And it might have weaseled us a couple more issues of Vanished out of Stegman. <laughs> uh, I I can't believe it. Uh, well, wait a second. Wait a second. Didn't I ask the question because I was like, I I, I said well, this okay, is you, what you do. I stole yeah, your yeah, move. Yeah. You stole mine, but it's my move, right? Mm-hmm. And then we explained how it's my move. So essentially, I was going to ask it anyways. You, you were just, you know. You just stepped on my funk. That's all. Yes, but I couldn't believe it when he said it. I was like, "Oh wow, okay, <laughs> all right." We're and then I fucked down. up the fucking uh, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott quote. So that'll be fine. That's that's why he wanted to listen to the interview to hear you know, hear me sound like a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. What it <laughs> and was. then you called me out on it. 
Mm. And oh, then, then you fucking up not too shortly afterwards. Yeah, so. I don't think I understand the question. Well, I mean, it's because it, it was a poorly phrased question. It was really long. So I had to repeat myself. And I didn't cut that from the interview. So you guys are going to have a good laugh in the course of the conversation. Yeah. But yeah. some awesome stuff. We talked about his influences, too. Actually, yeah. I asked it on us. Yes, he asked us who's influences. And you're like, I'm not good on the spot. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm trying to go back based on what you said. Because it's like, yeah, we see their artwork, and yeah, you can see influences of certain. I mean, just you know, looking for those watching right now, you know, you can see Nick's background. He's he's got um, Stegman's artwork, uh, and just looking at it, I mean, yeah, you see shades of Capullo in there, mm -hmm. right? You see shades of Jim Lee in there, so you can see, you know, he he's about my age, Nick. So uh, he's right. probably in between the two of us there. So grew up right around the same time we got a lot of the same influence we read a lot of the same books growing up so you can see that uh and he just kicks so much ass at it yeah but that was that was fun breaking all that stuff down in here and who else he had that were that influence just like all the, like what hearing the things that like what he liked about image so much growing as a kid like just knowing how successful those two were on venom at marvel and with king of black and everything now seeing that they're going into their own story that they have full control over knowing their influences and the talent that these two have, like they'd say eight books, but I mean, I don't think it's a question that this is going to go beyond eight books. Yeah. And he talked about this, that they've got plans for spinoffs and all that. So yeah. uh, vanished, go to your local comic shop, say, Hey, put this on my pull list and uh, you won't be disappointed. You know, you will not. And just like we have not been disappointed with Rings of Power, uh, the yeah, the Rings of Power on Amazon Prime, which for those who don't know, Joe and I famously had a debate with uh, Billy D, Joe's other podcasting partner, who's, you know, whatever. Um, and of course, my other podcasting partner, Wes Sykes, of Ch it was on Change My Mind. It was Lord of the Rings versus Harry Potter. Lord of the Rings ended up winning out on that one. Um, but Joe, this is obviously a little bit different. The Rings of Power focus on Galadriel. We got a little bit of Elrond and some, a lot of other characters in Middle Earth being introduced. What have you thought of the first two episodes? Uh, I love the second issue a lot more episode a lot more than the first, but I enjoyed the first very much. Mm -hmm. um, so this takes place during the Second Age. So again, you know the, pre the, the 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 premise is in in the title, right? The Rings of Power. We're we're going to see how the, all that came to be right before that that big battle happens. But you get Elrond. You get Gladriel. You're going to get a couple other characters that we've not seen before, but you've heard. You've heard mentioned whether you've whether you've read the books or you've just seen the movies. You're going to hear references to, to some other characters. And the first issue, uh, for, I keep want to call things issues. The first oh, this episode, is a comic book show. I mean, right. The first episode, yeah, it was slow. It was plotting. There was a lot of world building, but it's important, right? For anyone that says, "Oh, this was slow," well, that's Tolkien. Right, yeah. right. Have you ever read The Return of the King? Mm -hmm. That thing's drier than 100 day old brioche, mm. right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's not an easy read. That's just Tolkien, and they're not taking a ton of material, you know, from because they weren't allowed to take too much from the actual source material. I believe the the uh, the uh, Silmar, uh, Silmarillion, I can Silmarillion, yeah, something like that, right? I can never pronounce it correctly, but. You know, they're setting it up. The second episode has a lot more action. You get a lot more character development. There's some Ooh. great stuff that happens with Elrond in this episode. So uh, it's it's going to be a Ooh. slow build, but I think the payoff is, I mean, it's going to be everything that we want. I've been waiting years for this, so very excited. I, I only saw the first episode, and I loved it. The only actors and actresses that I recognize, I think, were the High Elf King. I don't know his name, but I recognize him. Mm -hmm. I've seen the guy who's playing Elrond in, um, I think it's Behind Her Eyes, which is a Netflix show. He was outstanding 
in that show. He's been great in the show. Yeah, great actor. And then um, the woman from like the Rohan like area. I've oh, seen yeah, her yeah. in some stuff too. I, I don't know from where, but I've seen her. Yeah, in quite a few things. go but go yeah. watch that second episode, man. It's good. It's real the, good. But the, when you talk about Token and how it can be dry, there's also Token is epic. Period. Yes. Like everything he does with Lord of the Rings is that. And just the first episode, the visuals. Like we, when we the first Lord of the Rings movies came. Well, not the first. The Lord of the Rings movies came out. You know, in the early aughts and everything. Visually, they were stunning. Like for their time, they were just next level. Now, obviously, things have gotten so much better, but still, those those age very well. Looking at this stuff now, it's like holy shit! This stuff's on another level again. Yeah, and I, and I think what made the Lord of the Rings, you know, the first movie, so great was the use of both practical effects and mm-hmm. special effects. By the time you get to Return of the King, it's almost all CGI. It's almost all special effects, right? Mm-hmm. So it loses a little, a little something there to me, at least, especially in but, the Hobbit. Right. Oh, the hop. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we're seeing that here with the Rings of Power, where everything is it's on a grand scale. And yes, you get you get these big sweeping views, you get these big CGI pieces, but there's also a lot of practical effects. Mm -hmm. So it has a lot more of that original Lord of the Rings feel to it, which I think is great. Yeah, hundred percent. But enough about like actual book content. Let's get to uh, some comic book stuff. Catching up. So I uh, been a little was a little bit busier over the weekend than uh, than I normally am. Going to be busy this weekend too. But I will have time to uh, to catch up on a lot of things next week. I'm sure. So I don't have anything to add. uh, But what about you, Joe? So I caught up on a few things. Uh, Red Sony number twelve. I had a feeling it was gonna it was gonna end at the twelfth issue, but I was hoping it would continue on. Uh, so Mirka Andolfo's run on Red Sonia appears to be over. Uh, Red Sitha was only four issues long. Uh, and that ended, you know, a week or two ago. So I hope she returns to that world. Um, we're going to try and, 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 and talk with her at some point so we can talk about that hope because she she understands the character really well. I've never been a Red Sonia fan until now. Reading her stuff has been absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, Batman White Knight presents Red Hood number two. Again, we asked a question a couple weeks ago. Does DC have a Red Hood problem? The answer is resoundingly yes. Yes. I mean, I love Sean Murphy, and I love what he does with the Murphyverse, right? I think with his last run of uh, The White Knight, the second arc there, he had a one-off with Dr. Freeze, which I thought was excellent. Um, And then his wife, Katana Collins, had written a a six-issue series, um on harley quinn which was excellent i love mm-hmm. the world but what they i don't know if it's a directive from you know from up top dc or what but there has been this shift with red hood over the past couple of years where he's gone from being a badass mercenary right vigilante he will do what batman refuses to do mm-hmm. to get the job done to adjust He's become a, a, a whinier Dick Grayson. Yeah. It's, right? Um, he doesn't quite have the same virtues as Dick, and he's still like a head case for good reason, right? But he's gone. He's just – his character's done a complete 180. And it's unfortunate because his character is so good. It's tough. I mean, because like, you know, we talk about Robins, right? I mean, I think Dork has has highlighted it so well. Like Jason Todd as Robin, brutal. Oh, like, terrible. Prob- 
of, of the guys, like just looking at the guys, he's number four on that list. You start bringing in the, the women who've been Robin, he's probably even f- further down that list. Um, but Red Hood, I mean, he might be the number one of like of all the um, well, until you know, until what was it, Tom Taylor and uh, Bruno Redondo took over Nightwing, but like he might be number one. It's him and Dick Grayson as the Robin, like post Robin career. Um, as much as some of the guys are still kind of technically Robin, but you get my point to now like go and Basically, like the way you just described him, Joe, I'm listening to you. I'm like, he just sounds like he's back to old Jason Todd, like Robin Jason Todd. It's, yeah. That's just, that's not what he is. Like, like if, if you want to make him like unstable in a problem, like then make him a full-blown problem. Like just make him a villain again. Like I'd be totally fine with that. I'm going to love him if he's a villain too. Like it's still, yeah. still going to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. I just, we saw this with, was it Darsky had a couple issues with him, right? Mm-hmm. And what I enjoyed about that was he there was still that essence of Red Hood. Chip has a great ability of tapping into the human psyche there. And Jason takes uh, Red Hood, Jason takes someone out, but then he sees the direct consequence of what happened. And so there's some remorse there. And I, th- I thought that was good inner conflict, right? Like, okay, that to me was a good balance of Jason Todd and Red Hood under the red right under the mask right yeah. but what they've done now is they've completely stripped away who red hood is and they've just you know zeroed back in on jason todd and that's that's just we we don't need that we don't want that it's we had that before we didn't like it right you're gonna have to fucking kill the guy again and do the whole thing. Call one nine hundred bop 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 if you want to save Jason Todd or not. Right? Uh, it's going to be a hundred percent no. Kill the bastard. Bring back Red Hood and let him start fucking bop bop bop. You know? Yeah, it's frustrating. <clears throat> it really is really disappointing. Like I, I mean, I, it's, I I hate like it's and it's not. I know like I know I I'm I, I say this as much as anybody like you take what the, the creative stuff that's being given to you and like, and understand like, like, I just don't like it when people get all upset when it's like, you know, this isn't what we always like we're used to. And like the characters are not like, they can grow, they can like develop and all this different stuff. I mean, we want that kind of stuff. I absolutely do. And that is kind of what we're talking about. Where like chip did develop the character. He did take it. Like th- that is kind of the domino that led to all of this. But then I just feel like they've taken so many side sidesteps where it's almost they've gone and backpedaled instead. But they they kind of they've kind of started this with Gotham Future or was it Gotham Future State or was it Urban? No, it was, Chip started it in Urban Legends. Yeah, you're right. And right. then from there, it's just gone. And so his character, like the way Murphy approached, and now Murphy, you know, because it's Black Label, has definitely taken some liberties with these characters. Like yep, I love what he's done with with Dick Grayson, um, but what he's yeah. done with Red Hood just just hasn't worked. And what stinks is that it's. It's been at the cost of uh, uh, the White Knight um, uh, Beyond arc, which I think we'll mm. pick up again next month. But yeah, it's a, it, all this is a long way to say meh. There are only two issues, very meh. Um, I lastly I caught up on Book of Shadows issue two from Cullen Bunn. Nice uh, Detective Comics ten sixty three by Rom V. Fantastic. Nice. It is tremendous. And what they've done smartly is when Tamaki was writing it, it was weekly or bi-weekly. Now it's going back to monthly. Huge. Can really, really tell a really great story there. So his Good. take on Batman's been great. And then finally, uh, Wolverine 23. Nice. 
Benjamin Percy, our guy. Awesome stuff over there. Uh, Let's head into what's new and get started on our solicit. Uh, We have the week. So this is the week of the 7th of September, first week of September, first full week, I should say. Uh, Joe, what do we got from Marvel this week? Marvel, we have Moon Knight number 15, Wolverine 24, Immortal X-Men number 6, New Mutants number 29, She-Hulk, twerk, 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 number 6, Ghost Rider number 6, Punisher number six, hmm. Star Wars twenty seven, Marauders number six. A lot of number six is six six six. I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Not at all. Axe, Death of the Mutant, Death to the Mutants number two, uh, New Fantastic Four number four, Black Panther number nine, uh, Captain America, Sentinel of Liberty number six, and then uh, a whole bunch of number ones here. We're not going to dive into these too deeply. I'll just sort of read them off and let you know who the writer and the artists are. Uh, we have Spider-Man 2099, Exodus Omega, number one. Figure out your deal with the title. Uh, written by Steve Orlando with art by Paul Fry. Uh, this one I'm interested in. Alien, number one, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson uh, with artist uh, Julius Ota. Another alien thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All Out Avengers, number one, written by Derek Landry with art by Greg Land. And then X-Men Moon Girl, number one. Written by Mohal Mashago and art by David Cutler. So, you know what's annoying? Like, we have a lot of weeks where, we're like, with Marvel, it's just, like, they don't have a whole lot that we're interested in. Because it's just, they have so much different stuff going on, and it's just, like, impossible to keep track. This is the week where it's, like, for me, Moon Knight, Wolverine, Ghost Rider, like, Immortal X-Men. You know, like, they have everything going on all in the same week. And it's just, like, it, like I, I, I do enjoy that. But for the sake of our show... Like, it's just tough. spread it out for us, please. Just a, just like, a touch. Just a You smidge. don't mind, because also with Marvel Review copies, you don't get them at the same time as everybody else. So it's a little bit harder to, to get some of those in. And they give the them show. all to us on one day now instead of over, you know, yes. two different days, which is Yeah, I don't know tough. what that's about. But uh, DC Comics, um, we get those stuff way, that's way in advance. Uh, we do have Dark Crisis Issue 4, Flashpoint Beyond Issue 5, Poison Ivy Number 4, really been enjoying Poison Ivy big time. Batman Neo Year Issue 6, uh, the new champion of Shazam issue two, Sword of Azrael issue two, Multiversity Teen Justice issue four, Nubia Queen of the Amazons issue four, and then Joe. Before we get into the any of these first issues, I know you want to talk about Chip's second issue on Batman. Oh man, third issue. Um, Is it? I thought his first one was one twenty-five. Am I wrong? Oh, you might be wrong. I might have written it down. It might be one twenty-seven. Okay, I'll double check week. that for you. Double check quick. that because I think it's yep. one one twenty seven that comes out this week. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Holy smokes! The 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 turn that you know you the way this the last issue ended, and then what you get with this issue. I, I can't say anything without spoiling it, but it's this is some of the best Batman stuff um, I've read. Uh, you know, on the mainline Batman in some time. Like I enjoyed a majority of Tynan's run. It started to get a little stale towards the end and Williamson's run was fine. Right. It was nothing like, you know, to write home about, but this 27, you're right. 127. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote it down wrong. So that's my bad. Um, The way (laughs) what he does with Bruce and, and Batman in this issue and the guy, you know, you know what he's going up against and who shows up at the end of this book. Um, 
if you haven't been reading mainline Batman, go get issue 125, go get issue 126, read this week. You'll be fine. All you need to know, right, is that some time ago, you know, Bruce Wayne lost all his money. So he's got to, you know, figure out, you know, he's, he's Batman, you know, but he's got, he doesn't have the Batcave. He doesn't have Wayne Manor. He's got a bunch of, but that's it. Other than that, read it, fucking enjoy it. It is awesome. Okay. Fucking enjoy it. Damn yeah. it. Um, <laughs> also, speaking of Batman stuff, of course, we have no shortage of Batman things coming out. Uh, we have Batman Night Watch written by Joseph Torres with artist uh, Eric Owen. Uh, Black Adam, the Justice League Society Files, Adam Smasher. Uh, the writer on this is Brian Miller and Kevin Scott. And then artist Marco Santucci and Travis Mercer. Um, we have Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the Three Kingdoms. Um, this is Tom Taylor. So this is the 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 third, or sorry, the second collection of uh, Dark Knights of Steel, right? The, the, the next three issues or whatever it was. So like this three this, and this, three. So this Dark Knights of Steel, Tales from the Three Kingdoms. No, this is sort of like a, a prequel. This is like the characters when they were young in oh, the kingdom, when they're uh, kids, right? So um, that's why, you know, I didn't want to throw a big synopsis. I'm sure I'll read it. It'll be fine. But this is sort of like a collection of stories um, from like the the days before, you know, well before where we are with Tom Knight's current run of uh, Dark Knights of Steel. Okay. Now, yeah. D- Batman Dear Detective issue one is another one that's out. Um, I'm definitely going to go back and read this one as well as the Dark Knights of Steel prequel. I didn't know that was what it was. Um, just overlooked it, assuming it was the collected edition. Dumbass I am. But Batman Dear Detective issue one, this is from Lee Bermejo. And I know you were interested in this too. Yeah, yeah. So there's no no real synopsis here, but this is this is going to be something you're going to want to buy because this feels like a collector's piece. So it's a one-part prestige book. Uh, one sorry, one part prestige art book and then one part um, compelling noir tale. So this is sort of taking a lot of Lee Bermejo's, you know, cover art and Batman stuff that he's done over the years. I mean, he is a great Batman artist because he, he's he's his palettes are dark and, and he's got those great horror vibes. I mean, he's just he's just one of the best. Um, and then he sort of there's a story in there as well. And I think the story is using his artwork like to tell the story right that's mm-hmm. part of the thing um so if you're a fan of Lieber mayho if you're a you know obviously if you're a fan of batman this feels like a nice collection piece you know enjoy it it's just a, it's a one-off sort of thing um and that's i just wanted to mention that because that just sounds really badass yeah i'm, I'm scrolling through it right now through our, the review copies that we get and yeah you're right it's like a, a lot of just it, it seems like cover art um like you said prestige art like this is a hundred percent a must have for the Batman diehards because it's all just like, I mean, they all look like covers and even just the cover alone for this one. Like he has, like you said, this, he has a gritty style to him, but yeah. there's also like a little bit of like a, a realistic. Yeah. To it as I was well. just about to say there's a, there's a realism to it. Right. And I think it's the realism that really sort of emits those horror vibes. Um, but again, his palette is it's it's dark and it's it's gritty and mm-hmm. it just to me it screams Batman like hundred percent. He could be drawing and it not be Batman, but I'd still feel like we're in Gotham. Yep, hundred you know, percent. That makes sense. Yep, and I mean I don't know like look a gothic. Think- He's got a very gothic. Mm. 
right ah, field. Sorry. I, I see what you did there. Um, but I'll tell you what, like if you're looking, I, I don't think this necessarily will lay out like like a normal coffee table book, but this is something that like you put like the cover of this, you put this on a coffee table and then someone scrolls through it. They're going to be like, this is some crazy friggin' art, man. This is some cool shit. Um, so yeah, definitely something I, I'm like, as we're looking through it right now, I was thinking about reading it, but now it's like, it's not really something that you read. It is something that you look through and, uh, be a very good pickup for either one of us honestly yeah definitely. um but then we go to image of course the one of the, the the publishers that we highlight the most throughout the course of every week pretty much joe we got spawn 333 image issue five sweet paprika the final issue which i am two issues behind on that one uh a town called terror issue six i still have to read that did you end up catching up on this one for this week um uh, i so i have not i've read um dead lucky right i've yep. read uh twig i have not i have not read spawn in a very long time no a town called terror joe sorry uh okay. <laughs> i was distracted for a second i okay. did catch up on this uh i'm enjoying it but i'm at the point now where i'm like ah let's, let's do it let's do okay it. all let's right wrap it up. you've been we building back I need it to wrap up because there's a whole other sub story that we really haven't touched upon and I need it. Mm-hmm. I need it. We will get back to those other two in a second that you had just mentioned, but Starhenge book of book one, the dragon and the boar issue three. I don't even remember seeing issues two and one to, to be quite honest with you guys. Uh, that Texas blood issue 17, which I believe this is a Jacob Phillips book. I believe he's the artist on this. Something that we, one of us needs to go back and look at for the show. Golden rage issue two prodigy issue three. For our first issues, we got Antioch issue one. This is from Patrick Kinlan and Marco Ferrari. Um, I guess this is like this is a team from Frontiersman, I believe. I don't think yeah, it's a it's a continuation of it's, it's a, a new con- story, but it's a continuation. I'll tell you what, I, I got halfway through the first Frontiersman and I said, Nope, nope, it's yeah. too on the nose, it's yeah, too exactly. heavy hitting. I'm I am out, and yeah. I don't I don't honestly need more of that. Tell you what. Poison Ivy hits on like similar type stuff that Frontiersman wants to hit on, like from a like environmental perspective. Everybody knows that about Poison Ivy. I, I love Poison Ivy. I didn't like for Frontiersman. All set. Thanks. Yeah. Um, but anyways, let's get to a couple of books that we love from Image this week. I want you to start us off with Twig issue five. Uh, so this was this was the finale for Twig. Uh, I love this story. It is like wonderfully horrible. Or not? No, that's not the right way to say it. Like, it's got this. It's 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 wonderfully weird. That's the way I want to because it, it's got like I was trying to say it's got. I don't want to say it's got horror vibes. I was just trying to figure out how I wanted to say it, but it's it is wonderfully weird, and it's got some moments where you're kind of like, well, that's kind of fucked up. Um, but this little character, he Twig, he's so goddamn cute. And yeah. when you find that, when you finally find out what his mission is. And, you know, the purpose of sort of, you know, his his lineage of, you know, of, of people, you know, creatures needing to carry out this task. Uh, it was really cool. And then we find out that we will be getting more twig, nice. you know, at the end of it. So this was this was wildly, wonderfully weird. And just uh, Kyle Strom's art has mm-hmm. been fantastic. It's yep. bright. It's weird. It's out there. Um, I love Scotty Young as a writer. I, you know, he's uh, when he wrote, um, you know, uh, Middle West. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, um, great shit. 
Great shit. Middle West, one of the first books that you talked about in the show. Mm -hmm. Of course, Kyle Strom, friend of the show. Um, Speaking of friends of the show, you know, it's funny. We recently talked about the dead lucky. And I think I said, we're not getting that first issue until like that. Like it was a ways away from release date. I was a freaking dumbass. Like, no, the second issue is out this month. The third issue is out in October. Uh, The dead lucky issue two is out this week. We both got to read this one. Um, It was, we had a longer wait than everybody else. Um, I really enjoyed it. There's like, and what's interesting too, is like, there's like the table was set for a lot of stuff in the first issue and then certain things evolve in the second issue. But I still feel like I have questions coming out of this issue, but I, and I want that out of most books. Like I think Scott Snyder is one of the best at doing that. Like give creating questions from issue to issue where it's just like, wait, what's going on like i don't understand it we're like sean lewis right talked to us about like that propulsion from one issue to the next um and like for sometimes it's like badass stuff like read vanish and we get the end of the issue and it's like oh my fuck and then like but then with scott stuff a lot of times it's like wait what like it makes sense but like i need more clarification on this and with the dead lucky i feel like i got quite a bit of that in this second issue yeah, and, you know, and what else we got in this issue too, which was really great, is that we get even more character development, right? Like, um, what's the what's the main character's name? Phoebe. Um, yes, thank you. Right, like what, what we get from her in the first issue is we see some of those flaws, but they're not like they're not like terribly at the forefront, right? Like they're there, mm-hmm. you see them, and then this issue, like. There's there there's a scene where she has a confrontation with one of her friends, and it, it, it just it was very oh. real, right? Oh yeah. And when we talked when we talked with Melissa Flores about this, right? Like we said, like her character, it comes from a very real place, and she told us where that that comes from, and and and, and you feel it, right? It is yeah. it is probably the realest character that we have in um in that universe there in the, in, in the massive verse. Right. I thought you were saying beyond that because like, like it's one of the realer characters that we have in general right now. Right. In comics, yeah. But, but especially within the massive verse, if you take yeah. a look at all the characters and like, yeah, there's parts of um, uh, what's his name from rogue son that, okay. You right. Can yep. identify Right. Uh, same thing, you know, with Nathan and whatnot from, from radiant black, but like here it's the dialogue. You feel it. You, it's just, it's it's emotional and it's really it was it was a fantastic issue and i can't wait to see because there's again like you said with scott there's a there's a lot of like little moving parts here so there's there's threads kind of mm-hmm. going yes. here there and everywhere and we know like it, it, you know like with scott they all come together and when they come together it is chef's kiss so that's sort of what i'm expecting here with with melissa and dead lucky like we've got these little spindles going out there and then when this when this wraps up, but I think it's five or six issues, right? Boom, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be like, "Oh, fuck, yep, yes." And then mm-hmm. I think that should be taking us into super massive issue two. Yes, right. It, right? It, right now, the one thing I want to say, going back to what you're talking about with that dot, that back and forth, that is a great call. Forgot about that. When I read that, I was like. This feels like give after hearing Melissa talk to us and everything. If you haven't listened to that interview, go back and check it out. It was a great conversation with her. After hearing that conversation and reading that particular back and forth, I think it was all over one page. It's like this feels very real based on the conversation that we had with her. And I was like, fuck, like she's really like pouring things out 
in into this. And I'll tell and this is what that's kind of what we hope for whenever we do our interviews too. Like we want our interviews to be like an accent piece to these comics. So that way you guys have a deeper understanding of what's going on from the creators and get greater appreciation from it because that moment right there hit us both. We didn't talk about it before the show and it and it definitely hit us yeah. pretty hard. Yeah. Awesome stuff uh, from, from Melissa and Dead Lucky. Uh, Skybound, we got the Walking Dead Deluxe issue 46. Of course, they print through image. Uh, boom. So we got Magic Gathering issue 18. We got Basilisk issue 11 from our guy Colin Bunn. But the book, this might be, the, this is for me, this is the book of the week, Joe, and I'm sure it is for you. Get that. Uh, yeah, not only is it the book of the week, but it's also, I think, going to earn artist and writer of the week over on our Instagram page. Um, Once in future 29, the penultimate issue of Kieran Gillen and, and Dan Mora and Tamara Bond villains epic story. Holy shit. So I did a little refresher for geeks worldwide on this one and did add my review to this as well on Tuesday as we're recording this. Holy shit. This is like the, the art, the art in these last few issues has been absolutely batshit. But the biggest thing that stands out to me most show is how Kieran, like we talk about all these little threads, like he's got this crazy fucking tangled web. He's got like, like, what is it? Charlie day, like, uh, <laughs> like always funny level shit. And it's like, Nope. Got it. I'm all set. I'm in complete control. And he shows that very much in this issue. Holy shit. Awesome stuff. Well, that's the thing is I had no idea where things were going to go at the end of the last issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And right. And then when we see how it all unfolds, I never would have predicted that in a million years. Like mm -mm. you could tell there, there, there's a moment where there's the early on, um, there's dialogue between Duncan and Grant. And it's it was it was that little moment sort of towards the beginning where I said, this is what he had planned all along. Yep. Like what once once in future went from being just a six issue story to then being picked up and becoming the powerhouse that it was. My feeling now is that this this is exactly how he wanted it to go. We have to try and get him back on again because I want to ask him that. There's several things I want to ask him about, you know, about this series. Yeah. But like I read that and I go, motherfucker. Yeah. He had this perfectly played out because it was it was like like when it comes together, when you read it and you when you realize that. Oh, what? Hmm? Son of a bitch. Yeah. Grant, Grant knew what to do the whole time. You know, it was just, you know, playing. It was it was. Again, it was just I am so. It's so bittersweet that the next issue is going to be the last. Yeah. Cause right. It like, cause it, cause it feels like it, like, okay. The story, like, again, this is a good place to end it, but yeah. man, I wish I had more. And when we talk, I think we should do an episode on this at some point. Look, I know we don't get to do enough mainline stuff as is because we are the uh, Woodward and Bernstein of the Dork Shared Universe. But at some point, we talk about doing stuff for the people like with these solicits. I think we need to consider like indie books that you should consider for like like doing like a list and it can even we can do this multiple times like if you're trying to like okay i like marvel i like dc maybe i want to get back into comics or i want to help introduce somebody to other comics out there what should i do now joe has done an episode on once in the future it was one of our early episodes of tldr but i think it is something that's worth revisiting now that it's done too because i when i think of like hey what's a good indie book to recommend to somebody for me sarah is one of the ones that jumps right out to the forefront from tko studios but once in future is right there as well mm -hmm. something's killing the children mm -hmm. 
you know, there's a lot, but I, I don't want to put you on the spot. Like I know you're, you don't like that necessarily. Middle West, do it right. I could, I could, yeah. We, no, we, could we go got on. a lot that we could definitely go. I mean, Philadelphia is another one too, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about a little bit later on in this. In this, if we ever get to the other weeks in the solicit. Um, so we got Dark Horse Shock Shop issue, and we just had Colin Bunn on the show to talk about this. Really enjoyed the first issue. I think this this whole series is going to be a lot of fun where he can try a lot of different things here in the horror realm. So we've Joe and I both really enjoyed it. Go listen to that interview. Pick this one up when it, uh, this week. Survival Street issue two. I kind of want to give this a look because this is like that fucked up like uh, Sesame Street thing. I kind of want to give it a look and see what it's about, but we'll see. Cyberpunk 2077, uh, Blackout issue four, The Ward issue three, um, Mind Management bootleg issue three i don't know what that one is from dark horse but i don't even remember seeing more mad one and two. stuff yeah okay um then idw we got tmnt issue 132 and then we got a number one issue from awa this week yeah we have erratic recharged number one written and drawn by car andrews so when i first started reading um awa a couple years mm. ago now this is one of those books that there was one of their their early on you know early pillars and this is a, a book that takes place within um, the uh, resistance universe. And, but I, I didn't read it for whatever reason, uh, either couldn't find it at my store or it already been out. And I just, it wasn't one that I went back to, but um, I've heard nothing but fantastic things. This is a book that I, um, you know, need to read. And, you know, so with it taking place in the resistance universe, we've talked about the resistance, resistance, reborn resistance, mm -hmm. volume two moths, right. A, a big Ugh. a big sort of pandemic event happens you know a virus wipes out a ton of people and then a bunch of them come back with superpowers and so erratic is about uh you know teenager who who comes back with powers but he can only use his powers 10 minutes at a time hmm. right so it's like imagine spider-man but only spider peter parker can only be spider-man for 10 minutes at a time sort of thing so this is a book that i'm gonna go back read the first volume because i want to read this one as it comes out monthly. So um, erratic recharge, complete the teenage hero with superpowers. It only worked 10 minutes at a time is back to save the world again. As he navigates even more pressing perils, young love bullies, a broken family and the gauntlet that is high school. This time young Oliver leaf is teamed with a barbarian princess who claims to be from another dimension. So yeah, I'm in. Cool. Yeah, yeah, that does sound very interesting. Erratic is one that I remember seeing that early on when you first introduced me to AW. I was like, oh, I should check that out. I have not yet, but I will uh I'll have to get on that so I can check this stuff out too. Dynamite, we got Immortal Red Sonia issue 10, 007 issue two. Then we got the Ninjets written by Fred Van Lent Lent um and uh drawn by Joe Cooper. Is this one that's on your radar too? Um possibly. Possibly. Okay. It, it, it seems interesting, but um, we'll have to see if the comic shop you know gets it or not. Okay. Uh, from Comixology, we got New American Issue 2, uh, a book that I have claimed as well, Dudley Dotson and the Forever Machine, written by Scott Snyder, artist Jamal Eagle. Uh, I got to give this one a look. I will definitely put this at the top of my list to talk about on um, catching up next week. Then Aftershock, we got Vineyard Issue 2 and another book you wanted to highlight, Last Line issue one written by richard dinnick and art by jose holder yeah this one this one this one piqued my interest so sally hazard just had the worst day of her life while on her usual shift uh, as a driver for the tube the unthinkable happened when a man is pushed in front of her train and killed 
but there's something strange here. Sally swears the man was pushed, but her supervisors, witnesses, and the CCTV footage all show the man falling on his own. Sally cannot let this go, and her investi- uh, investigation uh, into murder introduces her to an MI6 agent named Earl Tarn, um, also curious about the so-called incident. Together, Sally and Ed discover an off-world explanation for the assassination, plus an alien invasion and the craziest plot twist of all, an interplanetary travel system buried deep beneath the London underground. So this sounds fantastic. Mm. The uh, synopsis was a little long, which always makes me a little nervous, but um, I'm very intrigued. Okay. I, I That does sound interesting. And Aftershock is always one that I'm like, okay. Yeah. Like, they, like we don't get their view copy, so I'm, I'm always curious when we do these solicits what they got coming. Speaking of doing solicits, <laughs> we're running a little bit behind schedule here, Joseph. Let's get to the week of the 14th and kick us off with Marvel, please, sir. Okay, so we have The Amazing Spider-Man number 9, Daredevil number 3, Ooh. Venom number 10, Axe Judgment Day number 4, X-Men Red number 6, Edge of the Spider-Verse number 3, Obi-Wan number 5, Iron Man 23, Captain Marvel 41, Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 27, Spider-Punk number 5, Predator number 2, X-Men 92, see how I shortened that one up? I'm not mm. reading House of XICC, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Savage Adventures, uh, number five, and then a couple of number ones. We have Midnight Suns, number one, written mm. by Ethan Sachs, art by Luigi Zagaria. Giving that and, one a look, are you? Yes, I got, yeah, yeah, Midnight Suns, absolutely want to give a look. I don't even know the team that they're using, but I want to give that a look. <laughs> and then Miss Var- Miss Marvel Venom, odd pairing, uh, number one, written by Jody Hauser, with art by um, Dave Wachter. I will make sure to report back to everybody next week on uh, Midnight Sun, so that way you're fully aware of how we feel about it. DC this week, uh, or the week of the 14th, I should say, we got Wonder Woman 791, Superman, Son of Kal-El, issue 15, Batman, Urban Legends, issue 19, Batgirls, 10, Jurassic League, 5, I Am Batman, 13, Future State, Gotham, issue 17. And then for first issues, we got Batman versus Robin, written by Mark Wade. Artist Mahmoud uh, Asrar. It, now this is um, this is stuff like continuation from Williamson's world, but Williamson's not writing it, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So this was a little. So I thought Williamson was continuing it on, but no, he's 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 moving on. So he's he's done with Robin. You know but what? I think it's a good move. Kicked ass with this. Like, I, I, it's cool. They're going to keep doing stuff with Damian Wayne. They should have picked up where Williamson left off because obviously you loved Williamson and I trust yeah. your judgment of everybody else's. So, like, good, good move by him. Just like done. Awesome. I dominated that. I don't need to do anymore. I told the stories that I needed to tell. Uh, Dark Crisis without one world without Wonder Woman issue one written by Teeny Howard and Dan Waters artist, uh, artists, excuse me, Brandon Peterson and Layla DeLuca. De, I'm sorry, Del Duca. Um, then we got the flash, the fastest man alive written by Kenny Porter. And the artist is Ricardo Lopez Ortiz, who, uh, was the artist with Steve Orlando on the poll, which is a TKO book that I absolutely love. Uh, what about image show? So image, we have King spawn 14, uh, the silver coin 14. Ooh. Uh, this one's written by porn shack, uh, Pichotti, who wrote the good Asian, right? Which I oh, talked about on this book, which one in yeah. Eisner. Right, yeah, I know how to pick them. The good Asian. I know, yeah, I know how to I pick them. That. By the way, a little peek behind the curtain. I know we're running a little long, Joe, but I just want everybody to know Joe tried to call dibs on Vanish on me, 
which I told him about Vanish before he, like, I was the one that told him about it. Like, I, Joe knows who Donny Cates and Stagmar are, like, obviously, and, like, big fan and everything. But he, I told him about Vanish. I said, this thing's going to fucking slap. And he's like, I, I haven't heard much about it, whatever. He tried to pull, pull that one on me. Fucked up. <laughs> Go ahead, as you were. I still call dips. Mm. Uh, do a power bomb number four. A righteous thirst for vengeance number 11. Finale. Yeah. Uh, love shit. everlasting number two. Uh, uh, Seven Sons number four. And a friend of the, the show, Sean Lewis's Above Snakes issue three. And then we have two number ones here from Image. Surprise, surprise that we want to talk about. I'll, uh, I'll go first here. Hmm. Um, uh, 10,000 Black Feathers, uh, number one. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire with art by um, Andrea Sorrentino. This is part mm. of the um, the Black Orchard Mythos, and uh, this this one I am oh boy, I'm, am I looking forward to read? Trish and Jackie are best friends and avid gamers, but when the line between reality and their fantasy world is blurred by an evil darkness, can they be the heroes of their own story? Uh, so absolutely, hundred percent in on this. So I'm gonna be a good friend here. After what I just said and how you pissed me off, I'm going to give you dibs on this if you want. I'm going to present you with it. Do you want it? Well, of course. I mean, you could say dibs. I was going to read it anyways. So. Well, yeah. No, 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 no. That's not. I would never. See, here's the difference between you and me. I wouldn't fucking pull a book like that on you that I know you're dying to read. Like, I've been dying to read Vanish. Like, again, was almost going to do the Substack because of, of this book because I was dying to read it. So that's the difference. So do you want dibs on this Lemire Sorrentino book? Of course, but again, regardless, I'm going to read it anyways. So. It's not about you reading it or not. I'm not going to call dibs no matter what. I'm just saying I'll hold off so you can do it on the show. I'm going above and beyond. Maybe you just that's a little too next level for you. So I'll talk about my book. So I'll let you wrap your head around that. Uh, the last weekend, I'm sorry, the least we can do written by <laughs> today, Junior. <laughs> Ilanda, uh, okay, Zanfordino. <laughs> Artist Elisa Ramboli. I got to stop doing that to myself. Um, the, the synopsis for this one. Mysterious magical power arises from a world nearly destroyed by war. A young woman fights for her ideas of revolution and to build a new society from the debris. Realizing that she can't do it alone, she has to prove her worth to the Eclipse rebels to join them against the dreadful Eden army. A story of discovering what is right and what love means in a military-occupied and socially oppressed United Kingdom. I, I don't know this creative team, like, at all. But I want, like, this synopsis hooked me in right away when I was looking it over. So I definitely want to give this one a shot when it comes time. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. 100%. That, that sounds like that. That's a synopsis that really does its job. It's not yep. too long. Gives you the hot points. And boom, pulls you in. Yeah. For well said, Joe. Uh, from Boom, we got Flavor Girls Issue 3. From Dark Horse, Young Hellboy Assault on Castle Death Issue 2. Uh, and we also got a couple first issues. Masquerade Issue 1, written by Kevin Smith and Andy Mc McElfrish. Uh, the artist is John Spreng Sprengelmeyer. Um, Castle Full of Bur Blackbirds Issue 1, written by Mike Mignola and Angela uh, Slater. And the artist on this is Valeria Burzo, this is, this is a Hellboy story, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, what else we got from this uh, week? So <clears throat> from, I'll rattle through a few of these here. From okay. IDW, we have Dark Spaces Wildfire, number three. Again, that's Scott Snyder and uh, Hayden Sherman. Yes. Boom. That's, that's two shows in a row now. Wow, baby. bravo. Uh, Vault, we have Mindset, number three, and Lunar Room, number four. I feel like it's been a hot minute since that book was last out. 
Um, from Dynamite, we have Immortal Red Sonia, uh, number six. Uh, from Comicsology, we have Canary, number three. Uh, and then from Aftershock, we have There's Something Wrong with Patrick Todd, number three. I have the first two issues, haven't read them yet. I, I, I they're next on the pile, uh, to read. Um, there's Samurai Doggy, number two. Um, and then, uh, new from Aftershock that week, uh, is the 06 Protocol, number one, written by Lee Turner. Uh, and art by Cliff Richards. This one uh, piqued your interest, there, Nicholas. Yeah, it did. So the synopsis for this one: the seemingly perfect life of Marino fan of the Marino family is shattered when family patriarch Faust is brutally murdered on a quiet summer night. His wife, Cat, and sixteen-year-old daughter Missy are forced to confront a shocking truth about Faust's involvement in a secret government program known as the 06 protocol. Now, my only concern when I read this one is like, okay, is that that basically tells us everything that's going to happen in this first issue. That's my only concern because I really hope we get a little bit more than that to, again, to propel us into the second issue. Cause this concept sounds very interesting enough for me to give it a look because it sounds like the stuff can get pretty chaotic. So I'm going to give this a look and hopefully it's a little bit more than just the synopsis, which usually most things are, I feel like in the, in the stuff that we read, right? What what I hope for here is that you know what'll happen is you'll have the murder starting right at the bat, boom, and then you find out what it is, and then you'll get some flashback stuff, right? Yeah, and you'll get about you know what it was that he did for the government and all that stuff, and then is there a deeper conspiracy here? All that kind of stuff. So this this does have some great potential. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's move into the third week of the month. That is the week of the twenty first. Uh, Marvel, as you do, please start us off, Joe. Okay, so we have Axe Judgment Day 5. I, I feel this is coming out weekly, it seems like. This <sighs> can't know. be right. It's, it's I, could, I mean, I know I, I copied it down right. I know that for yeah. a fact. Uh, Darth Vader 27, Legion of X number 5, Carnage number 6, The Mandalorian from friend of the show Rodney Barnes, issue number 3, mm-hmm. uh, name drop. Uh, X Men Legends number two, Jane Foster and the Mighty Thor number four, and then we have a number one X Terminators number one, written by Lee Williams and art by Carlos Gomez. The one so, so Jubilee is in this, Dazzler is in this, and it looks like X23 is in this. Anytime X, so it's gonna be the lamest issue outside of X23. Well, yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say that anytime I see X23 in the mix, I'm interested, but. Not a big Jubilee guy necessarily either. So I don't know. I might give it a look, but like, I, I just don't like X23 is like a loner. So it's like, she's good in a pair. Like when it was her and Honey Badger, like great pair. Gabby is awesome. But when it, and when it's just her, awesome. But like as a team, it's like, she always seems to take a back seat. So I'm a little, I don't know necessarily now that like you make that joke. It's like, yeah, you're kind of right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, DC. So we got Nightwing 96, of course, must read stuff from DC. Probably the best ongoing book right now. Uh, Batman, Superman, World's Finest issue seven, which I know you're reading and your nephew loves that. Although he doesn't love apparently Princess Peach and Daisy, but whatever. <laughs> uh, Batman, the night issue nine, of course, from our guy, Chip Zdarsky. Deceased War of the Undead Gods issue to the final chapter of tom taylor's story black adam issue four fables friend of the show rich keith one of his favorite books out there fables 155 uh, i believe all that's on hoopla and i know you're trying to catch up on some of that stuff and then we got batman one bad day two face issue one by mariko tamaki and javier fernandez i don't think we need to say any more than that like Reading that is an one. amazing team 
Yes. Hands down, reading that. I didn't read the Tom King one from the week before, uh, from the whatever before, but this one mm-hmm. I'm reading. Yeah, I might uh, that I forget which who he was highlighting in that one. It I was, think it was the was Riddler. Joker or Riddler, yeah. Riddler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that that be in, I'd be interested in going back and checking out. But this is like just that creative team alone. That is an amazing pairing, right? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. That that's you, a must read. You don't need more than that. Like you, you, no one should need more than that. Based on how we've talked about those two creators, and then we got Titans United Blood Pack Issue One, written by Kevin Scott, art by Lucas Meyer. All right, so from Image, the third week of September, we have Gunslinger Spawn number 12, Radiant Black 18, Ice Cream Man number 32, Public Domain number 4, Nita Hawes number 4, Rogue's Gallery number 3, The Deadliest Bouquet number 2, and then we have, that's me, and then we have uh, Vanish number 1 from Cades and Stegman, which we have talked about um, on this show at great length. We have? Um, yeah, vanish, vanish. I haven't heard. I haven't heard this one. Okay, but yeah, this is this is a fucking like we talk about like image big time weeks. Gunslinger spawn, radiant black, ice cream man. I mean, it, the list goes on, and then you got vanish number one. It's like holy. Yeah, this this is this is a banger of a week. And so this the thing too. It's like a lot of times image is right up there with with Marvel and DC, where they'll have 10, 11, 12 books out. Not the case here, but everyone that comes, just about everyone that comes out here. Um, is fucking fantastic. They're all fantastic. What am I talking about? See, like these the are thing. all must read books. That's the thing because I look at like when I complained about Marvel, it's like we have we'll have like three months out of the week, three weeks out of the month, and it's like eh, like okay, maybe we have one book, and then we have one week where it's like everything. Image is just like every week. It's like they have at least like three to five, or maybe even like seven awesome books. Like looking at this week, we, we got like five or six really good books. It's like whole. And there's probably other books that I didn't jot down here that like that other people are reading. So they kick ass every week. So like, I don't get bothered by it. It's like, well, if you kick ass all the time, you can't complain. It's what they do. Get over it. Right. Yeah. 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 And then from skybound too, we got creep show issue one. This is written by Chris Burnham and sorry, written and drawn by Chris Burnham. And then it looks like there's like two stories in here Then we also get Paul Dini uh, and Steve Langford writing with uh, John McRae as the artist so this looks like it's going to be uh, like another anthology kind of thing each issue of creep show will feature different creative teams uh, with uniquely horrifying standalone stories so something like if you're a horror fan i think it's just worth like taking the flyer on and giving it a look of course yeah i mean we talked about this with colin bunn right he's doing it with shock shop we've seen it with um you know michael walsh over at the silver coin i mean ice cream man still going strong it looks like you know haha is 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 been done for a great long while, but we're starting to see a little bit more of these sort of horror anthology books. And I think that's a great way to tell horror stories each, each month, you know, you get a book with one or two different stories in them from some, you know, there's either one common thread, whether it be the art writer or the artist, um, but you get these different stories each month. And I think that's just a great way to tell good, quick little horror stories. I could not, could not agree more. Like that, that's, yeah. that's spot on. Because one, because one story, you know, a horror story, you know, depending on you know who's writing what it is, like if you feel like there's a finite thing there, it's very rare when a horror book can span 20, 30, 40, right? You know, plus issues. Colin Bunn did it with Harrow County, right? Uh, we've seen it done before, but it's a it's few difficult. and far. But this is perfect, mm-hmm. right? It gives you, it gives you those little, it's like, you know, when you're younger and, you know, you watched um uh afraid of the dark 
are you afraid of the dark or uh what's the show with the crypt keeper there um that was on hbo uh i actually didn't watch this is it tales from tales the- from the crypt Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's that same vein. Right. Uh, So I think it's great. Tapping in, tapping into all that. I think it's a great way to do it. Yeah. So you got that and you got shock shop. Of course, you're picking up one or the other. I think they're in separate weeks, but pick up shop shop shock shop uh, from our guy Colin. But uh, I'll roll through these other ones. I know there's one more book you want to highlight from this week. We got Berserker, your favorite issue 10 wind, the throne in the sky issue two. Uh, and then also from Boom, we have Stuff of Nightmares issue one. This is an R.L. Stein book. I think he signed a deal. It was announced a little while back where some of his stories are going to get turned into comics. Um, so the, the artist on this one is A.L. Kaplan. So, of course, the rules, if you're going to be drawing any R.L. Stein book, you have to have initials only as your first name. Uh, from Dark Horse, we got Parasomnia from our guy Colin Bunn, The Dreaming God issue two. Uh, Star Wars Hyperspace Stories issue two. Again, Joe was the one to go and brave this and check out the first first issue of this. More for a younger audience. So if you have a kid who likes Star Wars stuff, interested, would you say this is something that you would recommend them picking up, maybe taking a flyer on? Mm, oh. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Good to know. know. Yeah. I'd have right. to really think about that. What about Violet's Age? Like if it's a boy, Violet's Age. I would say that maybe that eight nine ten range okay patrick being 12 now he might you know might no. be but Looking, no, I, after I, meeting him and like seeing and like seeing the art on yeah. that I, I have a hard time imagining that right so this is really is for a younger audience kind of get them into star wars yeah okay maybe yeah. It, it stinks but now maybe someday we'll get that like crazy gritty stuff i i wouldn't i'm not gonna hold my breath at this point uh then we also got hellboy in the bprd 1957 Fearful Symmetry issue one written by Mignola and Robin Robertson. Of course, they're the guys that write everything now. Of course, Mignola is one that created all of it. Uh, and then the artist, and this is Allison Sampson from IDW. We got Usagi Ojimbo issue 31, uh, Transformers Best of the Star Scream issue one. Then we got Crashing issue one written. This is written by Matthew Klein and Morgan beam not something that either of us are necessarily interested in at least at this stage uh rolling through the last few joe we got awa absolution issue three dynamite samurai sonia issue four titan gun honey blood for blood issue two loved the first issue we had charles O'Dyne in the show a little while back talk about it vault barbaric axe to grind issue two i think barbaric is going to be the first book that i talk about on here whenever we do another mainline episode if that day ever next comes. year yeah Valiant, uh, we got Bloodshot Unleashed issue one. That is by Denise Camp and artist Davis, uh, John Davis Hunt, who was the artist on the first arc of Colin Bunn's Shadow Man run. And then uh, Aftershock, there's a book you want to highlight from there. And we also got Jimmy's Little Bastards issue two from them. Yeah, so I, I actually saw this one on uh, Twitter today because uh, I think the FOC is, is sued. But it's called Hell is a Squared Circle, number one, written by Francesco uh Biagini with art by chris condon um ted the irish mushka walsh is a third tier wrestling heel with a problem himself he's behind on rent child support and his career but he thinks he can change things as he attempts to take control of his life his actions leave him with blood on his hands ted finds himself on the run from the authorities and the darkness of his past as Ted tries to escape his former self and build a new, better future, his mistakes come back to haunt him in the ring and out of it. So I'm on this weird little run with wrestling books, started with Crimson Cage and John Lee's. Right? Yep. And now, even though I hate the name, do a power bomb has been excellent. 
Uh, and so I got to give this one a, a, a shot. No doubt. I think, I think I noted this one for you. Like I saw, I, I could be wrong, but when I saw the, the cover for this, as we were getting prepared for this list, I'm like, Oh, Joe's going to have to give this one a look. He has to. Well, you, you put the synopsis on there. And so, Okay. Peek behind the curtain, right? We, you know, my weeks, I write everything down next. So, and then we go through after and we take a look. Okay. So, like, I saw it literally on my timeline earlier today. Go, oh, that look, I had no idea when it was coming out. I just, I was like, oh, this. And as I'm scrolling through, I see it and I go, oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to highlight this one. There you go. So, I did not do it, but I definitely, definitely crossed my mind. Like, Joe's probably going to want to give this one a look. Nice. Good stuff. I was, my gut was right for once. Uh, Then we go to the last week of September. That is the week of the 28th Joe, we have marvel please kick us off as you do okay so we have x-men 15 gambit 3 thunderbolts <sighs> 2 uh shang chi and the 10 rings number three so a very light week there are more books i see there's a difference between you can tell the difference between joe's weeks and my weeks i cut down on like ones and ones that we give a shit about this is That's, a service for the people right we don't exactly you know well it's a service for the people right fair so point I, they're all out there because there might be people you know, that want to read the books that we're not reading or give a hoot about, but their ears perk up and they say, oh, it's coming out this week. Sweet. Let me go get it. And then maybe what? they pick up some of these other books that we've been talking about, Nicholas. I feel bad because I feel like you have lectured me on this before. And I Yeah, I did you. like the last solicit I lectured you on. Ah, uh, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Okay. Well, you know. I'll try to adjust next time. I won't make any promises, but I'll try. Yeah. Yeah. Holy smokes. So, okay. So those are the good books that we care about, but there might be other books that you care about from Marvel, but you won't hear them here because Nick doesn't care about you. Uh, we have Marvel voices community. Number one, also dropping this week. Nicholas, tell us a little bit about DC. No, I don't think I will. I'm, I'm all set. I'm good. I'm done. I'm <laughs> Tell me I'm giving everybody the bird over here. Uh, I think I'm going to pass. Uh, but you know what? Whatever. T- Detective Comics 1064, Action Comics 1047, DC versus Vampires issue. Now, we've been getting all out war for a little while. And I read the first issue. And I was kind of like, meh. Like it had, you know, Deathstroke at the center of it, but it's like, eh. But uh, DC versus Vampires, absolutely all in on that one. Joe, nice house on the lake, issue 10. Of course, big book for you. Fucking finally. Can you look up to see when issue nine came out? It feels like it's been a while. I feels saw like that. I've, feels like I've kind of forgotten what the hell's been going on, and I was kind of waning on it anyways. Kind of sucks. <sighs> yeah, you were, and I'm pretty sure you were frustrated after issue nine or issue eight. It was one of those two, if not Cause, both. Because because this is what nice house on the lake has done. It's been visually stunning every uh-huh. issue, right? It went up. It plateaued and then dipped a smidge. And then it takes a four-month break. It comes back like a rocket. And then it plateaus. It dips again and then takes another break. So at this point, I'm just going to wait until it's done and just reread from the beginning. Oh, wow. I can't like I don't because I'm going to have to go back and read the last issue anyways. Yeah, no, I don't blame you for 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 rereading, like for waiting. I don't. Blame I, you for I, I, I want to have. I'm afraid we had this talk off air about Mar- the MCU and then what Marvel does on TV, mm. and I need to separate the two mm-hmm. going forward because it just makes me frustrated. I want to enjoy them. I want to enjoy what 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 Disney Plus is putting on there for TV shows, because my expectations have been: when are the puzzle pieces all going to connect together? 
and I've learned by now they're not. We're going to get some Easter eggs. We might get some references. We might see a character here. We might see a character there, but like expecting this overarching, like it all come to, it's just not going to happen. So I have to enjoy the two for what they are right now. I'm on a pace for reading nice house on the lake and it's not entirely enjoyable. However, if I start from the beginning again and read them while they're all out, I feel like my appreciation will change. We had this discussion with Keith about saga, hmm. right? Where you, him, and I, we're all so used to just reading it volume by volume by volume. Yeah. And it is kick-ass, and it's perfect, and the pacing is excellent. What I found, what Rich found, I'm assuming what you find, is that reading it month to month, it it feels a little discombobulated because there's that weight. So if it seems a little slow... Right, it's because all right, that's the pacing of the that's the particular part where we are in the story, and we have to wait six months for it all to come together. Whereas normally we could read those six issues in a matter of half an hour, right? Yeah, and it changes your outlook on it, and it changes your appreciation for it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what I'm finding now with Nice House on the Lake. We're going on almost two years here to tell this story, and I, I and I know I love it. I know that there's a good story there. But because there's been all these pauses and all these dips, I want to just read it all together to get the full appreciation for it. Because if I don't, then mm -hmm. I'm, I feel like I'm going to get to that last issue. I'm going to be let down because I've had to wait so long and because it's been a little disjointed in terms of when it's been released. And I don't want that to happen. Yeah, no, that's frustrating. I don't blame you for that at all. Like, I mean, I, I was just surprised that you're going to do it all from the beginning, but could be a more enriching experience. Well, I'm going to have to because I, I kind of there's because there's little there's there's nuances, sure, right to how Tynan's been writing this, and, and 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 so there's like little things that you know like I've forgotten. I've you know I can't remember the characters' names and I can't remember their parts in the story anymore. That's a problem. It's yeah, that's problem. the and see, and this is like the the problem with like the business in general. It's just like. I, look, I lo I do enjoy weekly comics. I do enjoy floppies because we get all these cool covers, right? And if you were to take that part out of the business, it's just like like cool covers is just part of why people some people buy comics in general. Like they just like these characters. Even people who maybe only watch the movies, they like cool covers and whatever. But like I, 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 if you were just to do stuff in trade form, period, and bring it out like week to week like that, I think as as consumers like. I'd be curious what that would look like if you did that more frequently. I know TKO kind of does that and I would be interested in it, but I understand like from a business perspective, that's just by and large with indie comics. It's not. Yeah, my, my, my beef isn't with floppies. I mean, we've been reading Philadelphia for how long? Right. Right. Like the only time we get a break is, is between arcs, which is fine. That's the, that's expected. That's, yeah. that's par, you know, for the sure. course. Makes but with a yeah. story like this, it's like very true. You know, there's, there's like, if a book has a pacing issue, then the last thing it needs is time in between prolonged periods of time between issues. Yeah. Right? No, that, that, that makes when you, you're, you're right. It, it is a different issue that you're talking about. That, that, that's fair point. Um, all right. So then we move over to, uh, we still got some DC stuff to highlight. We got Batman beyond the white Knight, the return of the main line for that story issue five. Then we got the Human Target issue seven, Deathstroke Inc. thirteen. And by the way, I said I didn't have anything for catching up. I read Deathstroke Inc. eleven, so I still got to read thirteen. But uh, I forgot that I did check that one out. And Dexter Soy as the artist. Oh, oh, 
Dexter Soy, anything he does, I just don't see enough of his work out there anymore. It's a little disappointing. Superman Space Age issue two. Uh, and then we got Batman the Audio Adventures issue one written by Dennis McNicholas and Jay Bone, um, which maybe we'll check that out when it's going to change my name to Jay Bone. <laughs> oh, um, where are where are our names up here? By the way, you didn't put our handles and our names up here for the people watching. They have no idea who we are. They, they oh, there can, they are. Is this your first show? They was not see it when we do it like that. When we show the weeks, whenever I show, like, like oh. I still have Doc Peepland in here. Like they can't I've, see it. I've never, I've, I've never noticed. Wow, that yeah. is mind blowing. Um, <laughs> this is why I handle production. Uh, then we got DC Horror presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead issue one. Written by Bruce Campbell, that Bruce Campbell, uh, yeah. and then we got Eduardo Risso. So I'll give this one a look. Why yeah, not? I mean it's 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 worth checking out the first issue, no doubt. And then we got Tim Drake, Robin issue one, written by Megan Fitzmartin and Riley Rosmo. And I think Megan Fitzmartin was doing the Tim Drake stuff in um, Batman Urban Legends too. So okay. if you enjoyed that, probably want to give this one a look. Uh, from Image. Last week of September, we have 8 Billion Genies, number 5, Undiscovered Country, number 21, The Scorched, number 10, The Magic Order 3, number 3, A Natural Blue Blood, number 3. That's a Mirka and Dolphal vehicle. Uh, Ordinary Gods, number 9. I still have to read 7 and 8. I think I – I know I read 7. I think I might still have to read 8, too. It was definitely a good return. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, just, I think I, I read I, 8, too. I got to get back on that. Um, and then for number ones, uh, we have Onyx, which is 96 page, uh, seems like a one shot graphic novel written by Chris Ryle with art by uh, Gabriel Rodriguez. Looks cool. Then, I just, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was a little confused by this. I was looking it up, but I, yeah. it looks cool. We'll find out more as we get closer to it. Um, and then we have Old Dog number one, written and drawn Ooh. by Declan Shalvey, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. A great conversation. This book, again, is fantastic. This is another one where the FOC has passed. But go to your comic book shop, say, hey, listen, if you have any spare copies, can you pull one aside for me? Throw it in my pull list because you don't want to miss it if you don't get there you know, right away. Mm -hmm. This book is fantastic. Nicholas, yeah. tell us more. Yeah, it was awesome. So uh, just a quick synopsis so everybody knows. Again, listen to the episode where we talked to Declan about it because it was some great stuff. We got some great insight. Joe and I love this book. Um, there's a whole lot going on. You don't even realize it in the first page, at, like even close to what you're going to be dealing with. Old Dog follows Jack Lynch, a once promising CIA operative on the eve of retirement. Looking back at a failed career, he is tasked with one final mission that goes horribly wrong. He wakes up years later to a changed world with even deeper changes within him. When a shadowy group offers Lynch a second chance for a life of adventure, he finds himself paired with the last person he could have imagined. In order to adjust, this old dog will have to learn some new tricks. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. And then and then we have one other first issue from Image that week too, Joe. We got Flawed Issue 1, written by Chuck Brown with art by Prenzy. Now, uh, I we did get advanced review copies of this. So I have taken a look at this. I did enjoy it very much. Chuck Brown is one of the co-writers on Bitter Root, which I talked about on this show a little while back. Bitter Root, awesome, awesome series. Um, and uh, just real quick, so for this one, I guess they had worked together, Chuck Brown and Prenzy, on the stump. I guess is what's called the again it's on the stump. 
is the title of that series they worked on. Um, they reunite for this ultra-violent, high-octane, limited series that fra that's Frasier meets The Punisher. So it's a Mac and Goo special if I've ever heard one. Um, Jem E is a psychiatrist in the Kafakayask city of Setham, where corruption and brutality uh, rule the streets. By day, she uses words to solve her patients' problems. By night, she takes a more direct and sometimes deadly approach. I don't know what that whole thing is about, like the the, the fake city that she's in and everything, but it's like feels like it's very much set in the real world. So don't worry about any of that stuff. I, I'm very much in. When I saw the synopsis, I thought this was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. Um, we're going to rip through a bunch of these here to sort of round us out uh, from Skybound. We have Stillwater 15, which I believe this one is coming to an end soon. Mm. Um, I hate this place. Number oh. five, which has been excellent Yep. Uh, from boom. We have mighty Morphin power Rangers. Number one, which I believe is being written by uh, Flores. Yep. Yep. Uh, Grim number five, which has also been tremendous. And then uh, wop, 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 house of slaughter. Number nine. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for number one that week, we have Briar, number one, written by Christopher Cantwell with art by German Garcia. This is one that Nick tagged me on Twitter, um, calling dibs. Uh, the mm -hmm. Stephanie Hans variant cover for this book looked outstanding. But what if Sleeping Beauty never got her happily ever after? Instead, she had to save herself. Set in a brutal fantasy world that time forgot. This isn't a fairy tale. You know, 100% in on this. It's a boom. It's a number one. Um, I'm not familiar with the team, but I've seen some of the covers for it. Looks tremendous. Speaking uh, of a guy, Declan Shelby, he was all about this book, so he's got yeah, to look yeah, at yeah. this one. And I called dibs, so yeah, well, putting that out there, everybody. Yeah, yeah, just just know that it probably won't be talked on the show then. Uh, from IDW, we have My Little Pony number five and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Armageddon Game number one, written by Tom Waltz with art by Vincenzo uh, Federici. Federici. Uh, my Italian's a little rusty. Uh, from AWA, we have Devil's Highway number five. Oh. You think number four? Two bangers mm -hmm. uh, from AWA. Uh, from Aftershock, we have Astronaut Down number four, which I believe mm -hmm. you've been reading. Yep, and then, I have dibs on that one. Um, a good week for me from Comicsology, Barnstormers number three, and the All Nighter number ten. And to round us out, Nicholas from Dark Horse Comics. We have the roadie number one written by Tim Seeley with art by Fran Galen. Take it away. More than 35 years after his heyday, a former heavy metal roadie must return to the back roads of America to do a job he thought he'd retired from exorcist. But this time he's not saving groupies in drunk basis. He's trying to save his daughter. I am so in on this. We have oh. exorcisms and we have heavy metal rock. I mean, I don't think there's anything more tailored to me. Yeah. I, and, I'm and, all in and, and Tim Seeley is a, is a great writer. So yeah, this, this sounds like a winner for sure. hundred percent. Now I do want to circle back one thing. This was a typo on my part with boom. I believe that's mighty Morphin power Rangers one Oh one. Cause it's like one issue 100. Oh, and then gotcha. I, I, I can't like it. It's the, it's the first issue after, if, after issue 100. So most of Flores taken over. Who knows people, you know, renumbering shit all the time. Exactly. Right? It's a little confusing, but yeah. anyways, must read stuff there. Must read stuff on the roadie. I'm very excited to get my hands on that one. Yeah. Um, but that is going to wrap up our synopsis. Actually one of our shorter synopsis in, uh, in the show's history, believe it or not, if you're new to the show. Um, but again, make sure if you haven't already subscribed to the audio channel, 
channel if you're just catching us on Twitter or Twitch or our YouTube channel. And feel free to subscribe on those too and make sure you set up notifications so you know whenever we go live. It's always on Tuesdays, usually going to be at 5 p.m., but you want to subscribe to the audio channels because you're going to get those conversations and you're going to get all the Friar Side chats like the one this week with Ryan Segman. And Joe, if we have everything right, we are not done. Well, we're not going to ever be done because we've talked to all these people. We're going to have them back on the show, but we got other stuff always working in the background, but that's a conversation for another day. Until then, Joe, stay sexy. You know it. I like Nick's just like, I'm out. All right, we're done.